0: chapter one part two of almond blossom this librivox recording is in the public domain almond blossom by olive wadsley chapter one part two he was suggesting that of course dolores such a baby could not be parted with then afraid of his daring, he would retreat he did he came towards her now his face a little flushed a little self-conscious time we were moving sorry i kept you those peasants were talking to me nice woman the mother they must marry a precious young here they've six children already besides that baby and she only looks about twenty he busied himself with the car for a moment gave francesca his hand and climbed into the driving-seat over the wheel he drove back in silence not an unusual event but on arriving at the hotel he did not which was most unusual go with carvel into the barn which served as a garage and proceed to spend a pleasant hour overhauling a perfect machine instead he lounged for a little while on the veranda then went up to francesca's room can i come in and smoke for a bit he asked francesca was having her hair done she dismissed mathilde with a smile and tony subsided into a wicker chair beside the dressing-table and began to fidget with francesca's manicure case the tops of her scent bottles francesca went on combing her hair it lay like pale gold silk wave outspread upon one shoulder from under her lashes as she combed she studied tony's rather heavy face her fingers gripped the frail comb with sudden intensity oh heavens were all men this mixture of defenceless childishness a sort of thick and yet rather pathetic obscenity and as well such decent niceness a niceness which despite its humdrumness in spite of its usualness yet had something rather splendid about it combining as it did fidelity and chivalry were all men beings who harrowed one's feelings and made one when a safe course of action had been chosen in one's innermost mind yet see beyond that safety a way which for oneself held neither safety nor ease and upon which nevertheless the defeat of another would be set as surely and steadily she gave a sigh and tony ceased twisting a gold stopper round and round thus permanently loosening its hold and looked up hello tired he asked he added slowly staring rather intently at francesca obviously wishful however to please topping your hair looks francesca murmured of motoring dust no decent hairdresser available a silence fell tony began to turn the stopper round again it squeaked a little at his ministrations and that almost inaudible squeak raised a sort of stifled fury in francesca she longed to take the scent bottle away from those big hands and bang it down and smash it and demand why don't you say what you want to why do you force me by your consideration for me to give expression to the words i ache not to say which you make me say because you are so decent you spare me and that i cannot bear in the silence the choked little fountain which played in what the hotel termed its courtyard could be heard a bird called sleepily the sky was a riot of sunset loveliness all the flowers of summer seemed piled there and as the clouds drifted apart revealing the tender luminous dark blueness of the early evening it was as though countless flowers dropped petals as they faded tony fidgeted again matilda knocked and came in with a dress over her arm which she spread upon the bed in all its frail glory "Hello," tony said it's my damnedest francesca said you remember you told me to do my damnedest voila they both laughed matilda with that rare glance of happiness a really good maid bestows on a really good mistress evincing approval and satisfaction not utterly uninfluenced by the presence of the master went out silence again francesca felt her heart begin to beat rather fast as she waited She said at last, a little tremulously, "'Darling, what is it?' She leant forward. She had finished doing her hair. She held out a hand to Tony. "'What's what?' he asked defensively. Francesca forced a little laugh. "'Tony, of what are you thinking?' "'At that moment I happened to be thinking of that kid, Dolores. Lucky we were in the river today.' He rose and stretched i'll go and change and i must have a look at the cellar with monsieur le patron this is a celebration dinner it was at least celebrated by excellent wine and the good mathilde when she had finished francesca had exclaimed at the beauty of milady but nevertheless the dinner lacked gaiety and after dinner irony of fate the waiter came to tell them two gypsies were going to sing in the veranda that night Their excellencies would be there to enjoy it? Of course, the gypsies were the father and mother of Dolores, and of course, she slept beside them whilst they sang and played. Tony's listlessness had vanished. He went out and talked with them, and bent over Dolores, who slept on. Francesca could hear the man, Pedro, talking of his poverty, his big family, the hardships they all endured. She called to Tony that she was going up, it was still early but she felt tired out by the strain of those last hours in her room she sat in darkness by the window the sound of the guitar came to her faintly and the echo of pedro's voice young ardent gay as he sang to its music it was a perfect night a night of radiant stars and deep soft darkness of a thousand perfumes and a cool little wind to carry them about like invisible enchanting flowers the loveliness made francesca wince inwardly it intensified by its contrast with her own outlook the sadness in her heart loveliness was for happy people people at peace with their world and she was so far from that and near only in this moment to suffering and struggle she could not urge tony to adopt this child despite the dumb appeal in his eyes the waiting which she sensed in his attitude she could not and then perversely quite suddenly she encouraged the false note perhaps tony did not really care was not genuinely interested she clasped her hands together so closely that the rings bruised her fingers it would mean a change in their life together it would mean a severance and she could be she knew jealous of tony she would be she met the acknowledgment with a faint flush and a quick stab of her heart for her jealousy would not be so much for herself in direct connection with tony's love for her his dependence on her for his happiness as it would be for that undying memory they shared which their love for each other had first called into being oh how could how could he want this child when he remembered and before her mental gaze there rose the vision of tony and herself he had come in and found her when she had just got better and had been up for the first time kneeling beside the box of lovely tiny clothes and he had knelt down beside her and gathered her up in his arms and kissed away her tears how could he want to do this thing and how easily men forgot what a little while they suffered really the tears tony had kissed away seemed to have returned to her keeping now and they fell in her heart below in the scented darkness the vapid yet pretty notes of the guitar still sounded pedro still sang of love and sorrow in the voice of youth francesca got up and began to walk about the room what an impossible situation it was really and it had risen in one half hour from a half careless remark from sheer chance and it would alter their lives irrevocably The door opened gently. Tony looked in. Hello? Not asleep? No, I can't sleep. He crossed to her. Anything wrong? Francesca answered with another question. Have the gypsies gone? Oh, yes. Rather, at least, the mother and our rescue, Senorita Dolores Juana, they've gone. Pedro, the father's still doing his stunt. You didn't stay when the others left? no he wandered about irresolutely a big solid well-shaped being in the dimness the outline of his shoulders clearly cut against the window-space as he stood there looking out his very silence seemed irritatingly dear at this moment expressing as it seemed to do strength and yet making francesca intensely aware of the futility of strength at such a juncture the idea came to her that if tony simply turned round and said as he would say in his speech look here old girl i want to have that kid i think it's the jolliest little beggar and i vote we go down and fix it all to-morrow that she would feel it all so much easier his directness would cut away so much of that growth in her soul which she felt to be morbid concerning this matter but tony said nothing and at last going to him and slipping a hand into his francesca said did maria and pedro discuss our taking their baby from them adopting her by any chance oh i don't know they talk a lot those sort of people you know perhaps they don't mean half of it giving up a child isn't very light sort of thing to settle about in five minutes no i know darling but Supposing they do consent, why shouldn't we? She felt him start, his voice was troubled yet eager as he said, Look here, what do you really feel about it, Faye? What did you really like? I don't mind saying I was rather taken with the little kid, and then rescuing her and all that, saving her life, I suppose that gives one a feeling of a bit of a claim but i don't want anything you don't absolutely agree to it rests with you uh, i-we he stopped irresolutely and there was a little silence i know francesca said you did rescue her as you say and if these peasants are really anxious to be rid of the poor little thing if you really feel you would like to do this if you would be happy about it her voice trailed off she could not go on speaking just then the effort to make it all as easy as possible for tony had cost her her self-control tony did not notice he began to discuss the affair carefully and thoroughly showing thereby how much thought he had already given to it francesca listened how right she had been how deadly right she listened and suggested as tony elaborated his idea outside it had grown very still pedro had gone the hotel was at peace for the night suddenly in the silence a bird called waking from its sleep another brief silence then the tender anxious call came again it seemed to francesca like a whisper from the night ten years before calling calling to her heart to answer she forgot to listen to tony she could only remember that on that other evening in the ivy outside the house where they had gone on their wedding day a bird had stirred and called she had been waiting for tony to come to her and in this hour she could recall how at the faint sound of the thrush stirring in the leaves she had started and how madly her heart had beaten supposing it to be tony she had leant far out of the window looking deep into the ivy and the scent it had seemed to her of surely the most wonderful roses in all the world had drifted up to her and she had been drawn back into tony's arms he had been waiting behind her together they had stood his arms about her looking together into the loveliness of the night a night like this one as fair as wonderfully intimately dark But then Tony had kissed and kissed her hair, as she had leant back against him, and he had called it, in a passionate whisper, a perfumed crown. Darling, heavenly stuff to kiss. Ten years before, his voice broke through her memories. It's up to you. You must decide. She caught his hand in hers. Tony, do you remember this night, ten years ago? Of course i do he said quietly it was all rather wonderful wasn't it it's rather rather a pity isn't it how people would scoff at me for being sentimental if they knew but it's rather tragic don't you think that all that wonderfulness goes so soon and is forgotten it's not forgotten tony said only things replace it's that i think they grow I don't know, I can't put things much as you know, but it seems to me that, though marriage is pretty wonderful and all that, just living together day by day, and feeling life's good because you do, is wonderful too. Stacks of times I look at you and feel proud of you, or glad about you, or a dozen other things, because you're my wife and you love me, that seems pretty good to me too. Oh, Tony francesco whispered she drew his arm around her and leant her head back against his shoulder he kissed her hair how ripping it smells Fay. what stuff do you put on it oh scent i forget what it's called tony i love you he gave a deep sigh above her bent head francesco waited a moment then went on speaking swiftly and tony i think-i mean-i have decided And I want us to give one another Dolores for a tenth wedding present. Don't you think it's rather a lovely idea? She was trying to smile in the darkness. The effort was visible in her voice. Tony's arm tightened about her. Fay, do you mean it? And without waiting for her assurance, he hurried on. You don't mind? You're sure? She had known he must ask that question. She said quickly, Darling, no he released her and seemed to square back his shoulders the decision had been given suspense was over confession waited on relief i've thought of it often before he said slowly but i was afraid i mean i thought you'd be so hurt perhaps shows how little one ever knows about anyone else what for look at us now yes look at us now francesca echoed a clock chimed far away the notes fell softly and clearly into the stillness getting late tony murmured you'll have to maid me francesca said life had returned to extreme normality the sacrifice had been made and never realized things were going on as usual that chief necessity for the average man tony fumbled with the hooks of the white and silver dress cursing in a quiet absorbed way under his breath at last he had finished his labours and he heaved a portentous sigh of gratitude i'll cut off now shan't be long feel a bit tired to-night he vanished into his own room and francesca could hear the sound of much running water and brushes in mutual operation then tony reappeared looking very clean and sleepy rather a great day he asked it's not every five minutes or every anniversary of one's wedding day one adopts a baby i say we ought to make this her birthday with us rather a scheme sleepy old lady perhaps francesca's answer was so gentle it seemed sad perhaps dimly a very faint glimmering of the fact that such a thing as hurtness existed in the world came to tony of course Fay had said everything was all right so of course it was "'Still, women were rather rum, difficult to get at. "'Perhaps Fay had been remembering. "'Poor little darling.' "'He slid an arm about his beautiful wife. "'Happy, aren't you, darling?' "'Of course.' "'She stroked his thick mat of hair, "'released from its durance vial of extreme tidiness during the day. "'What made you ask?' "'Oh, I don't know. "'It's the end of our anniversary, after all. "'Yes, I know.' "'He waited.' francesca did not speak again she was tired of course it had been a long day he freed his arm good-night old girl good-night darling when he was quite asleep beyond the power of disturbance francesca got up and knelt beside the window an extraordinary vivid kaleidoscope of her life and tony since their marriage flashed before her as she knelt the usual gay full interested life of their set tony and she had raced and hunted danced and visited he had seemed so complete in his outlook so serenely pleased content and all the while behind his apparently happy occupation there had been this secret overshadowing thought this innermost hope of which she had known nothing which tony had felt to be too sacred to tell her or had trusted her love for him so little he had not risked doing so perhaps that hurt in this hour more than the fulfilment of his longing made possible by her sacrifice at least there her action had bound them closer but tony's silence a silence of years a cherished growth of his very soul guarded so jealously had wounded her deeply she realised staring out into the soft night how very very little in the end one human being knew of another how endlessly lonely even the closest lives were it was possible and therein lay a deadening irony to share a man's life his every action almost his every interest to live with him as himself bound by a genuine love on either side and yet know him so little that a fundamental outlook on a matter of most vital importance could be held by him without his desire to share it and again that stark wonder which the discovery of any distinctive new quality in the character of those we love can wake in us swept over francesca she was afraid of this loneliness of herself which seemed so suddenly to have been made visible to her by tony's silence and again by the quick jerky confession he had poured out to her and so much oh so much by the advent of dolores she felt on this point an indescribable emotion which held jealousy and nobility and dread and longing and bitterness and an infinite sorrow in its depths she knew she had known even in that fleeting exultation which a sacrifice made for someone you love wakes in you that she would suffer watching tony with dolores that her loveliest and most poignant memory would be changed into bitterness now and that yet she would want tony to be happy it amazed her too to find how little her boasted casual acceptance of the inevitable a tenet of her creed availed her now in the first real trial of her life her gay cynicism fell from her like a useless too frail rap swept away by a tempest her slogan oh of course one accepts the things one must it's the easiest and wisest thing to do seemed a string of cheap and foolish words one did not accept wisely or easily because pain resentment were both futile the dawn was breaking in the east a spear of pearl cut between the bars of darkling violet the winding uneven street became dimly visible the new day had come francesca rose wearily and went to the dressing-table to spray her hands she caught a pale glimpse of herself in the mirror had it been only yesterday she had seemed so young, so one with golden life and golden roses, they bloomed now, whitely, in a tall vase beside her. She looked at them with the first tears, which had come to her, shining in her eyes. End of chapter 1, part 2 of Almond Blossom Recording by Mary.